Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Davelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and HALC staff. The Turkish government has been inviting reporters to document migrant raids and border security construction at the Turkish-Iranian border, which has become a main point of entry for Afghans fleeing the Taliban. It's an effort Turkey is eager to put on display for Western journalists and observers in an effort to show the European Union that it is dealing with the migrant issue for the whole bloc. Many analysts, however, see ulterior motives at play and note that the EU's fear of migration is a tool that Turkish President Erdogan uses to obtain various financial and political incentives from the EU. Nektaria Stamuli, who visited the Turkish-Iranian border, joins the Greek Current to talk about Turkey's migrant security system, the challenges facing Afghans arriving at the border, and how this reflects on Europe. Nektaria Stamuli is a correspondent with Politico based in Athens covering Greece, Cyprus, and the Balkans. Nektaria, Happy New Year and welcome back on the Greek Current. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Nektaria, you traveled to Turkey's eastern border late last year to document these migrant raids and the border security Ankara is setting up. What did you see there? Right. Well, one of the biggest fears in Europe after the Taliban took over Afghanistan was the possibility of a repeat of the 2015 migration crisis. And Turkey and Turkish officials know that, and they want to show Europe that they are protecting the continent from uh, new migration flows. So I visited Van, which is one of the poorest provinces in Turkey, next to the Turkish-Iranian borders, back in November, to report what's happening on the ground. Turkish authorities are beefing up security there in any possible way. This is the place where migrants from Afghanistan are trying to enter Turkey, either by land borders or via a huge lake that is there, Lake Van. And Turkey has started building up a wall, which they say will eventually cover the whole 300 kilometers border with Iran, which is impressive. I don't know if that's even possible. For the moment, only a few dozen kilometers are ready. They also have drone killers, they have drone jammers, watchtowers, thermal cameras, radar systems installed. They have hundreds of military officers and Turkish gendarmerie deployed there. And they do regular police checks throughout the city or raids in the shock houses, which is the name that they use for the houses where migrants are squatting and are hiding from authorities. And they invite journalists to document all this. You wrote about these raids in your piece, one of which you observed. Can you describe the scene for us? It reminded me of a Hollywood movie or something. There was a squad full of Turkish officers that were gathered outside the house, an abandoned place, and they were waiting for the reporters to arrive. The people from the nearby houses were already out in the balconies, you know, to see what's happening. They seem to be pretty familiar with this operation. And then the officers broke down the main entrance with a battering ram and they stormed in the building. Inside the house, in a room, there were dozens of Afghans, many of them children. And it was a very, very devastating picture. They were kneeling with their hands behind their hands and they were basically surrendering. And they took them, they got them in a bus, and they were then transferred to a nearby detention center in the city of Van. And actually, we went to this detention center the next day and we spoke to these people. What are the next steps at these detention centers? Is there an asylum process Afghan migrants go through, for example? Well, asylum doesn't exist in Turkey as it does in Europe. In Europe, at least in theory... Anyone has the right to apply for asylum. Turkey only recognizes people fleeing from Europe as refugees. So all these are basically pre-removal centers. 
all these people, they don't have the right to request asylum. They're there, they're documented, and then they're sent back either in formal or, as many NGOs that are operating on the ground say, in formal ways with pushbacks. The only exception to this rule was done with Syrian refugees in 2013 when they were granted a special international protection. Afghans, for the moment, are not sent back because of what happened with the Taliban since the Taliban took over Afghanistan in August. But Turkey doesn't exclude that deportations will soon start. Turkey has one of the world's largest migration-related detention systems. You got a closer look at the system, although, as you noted in your piece, journalists weren't given full access. What can you tell us about it? Well, first of all, Turkey has a huge detention system that can hold up to 16,000 people. And the system has grown after 2016, after the EU signed the migration deal with Turkey and gave it funds to help expand the country's detention capacity. All these places, as I said before, are pre-removal centers. And basically people are there until they are deported. Usually it takes a year, sometimes longer, sometimes much faster. The one we visited in Van, we were only given access to basically one small corridor, which is the place where the migrants spend their leisure time. We saw a couple of rooms that serve as playgrounds, another one that was a barber shop, another one where migrants were learning Turkish, even though it seems kind of funny because these people are soon to be deported. There was another room where there was a library and there were migrants there studying. We approached one, he was reading The Great Expectations in English. And basically when we asked him, did you speak English? He could barely understand what we're saying. So it was obvious that this was a scene very carefully set up and we weren't given access to the rooms where the migrants are living. Can you expand for us, you know, why is Ankara so eager to put on this display for Western journalists and observers? Turkey is eager to show the Western world that it's basically serving as the border of Europe and NATO. And it is preventing a new crisis there. And we should note, to be fair, that Turkey indeed hosts some 4 million migrants, more than any other country in the world. And it is obvious that it's clear the society cannot deal with that anymore, the Turkish society. These visits kind of serve as a warning to the EU that it should work with Turkey in order to avoid fresh migration flows. As analysts were telling me for the story, the Turkish president is using migration, migration diplomacy, and he wants to show the EU that it's Turkey that's carrying the burden. And he also wants to show that he can play a role as a middle negotiator between the Taliban and the West. And this way he can upgrade the importance for NATO, for the EU and the US. Nektaria, you write in your article that many see ulterior motives at play and that Turkey is simultaneously conveying both migrant chaos and migrant competence. Can you elaborate on this for our listeners? Turkey wants to show Western observers that it's dealing with the issue with competence and has everything under control for now. And at the same time, it wants to show and warn that a migrant chaos could be imminent. So the West has to cooperate with Turkey. After all, the EU's fear of migration is a very good tool that the Turkish president uses to obtain various financial and political incentives. The Taliban's takeover has led to you know, growing concerns, as you mentioned earlier, in Turkey and European capitals about the possibility of a new wave of refugees arriving at their borders. What do we know about the number of Afghans that are actually coming to Turkey? Actually, we don't know much about that. This is one crucial element that is missing reliable facts and data on how many migrants are coming to the country and 
basically the most important question is if that figure is climbing following the Taliban takeover. Turkish authorities both in Van and in Ankara, they refuse to give any official figures and they insist that they have the situation under control for now. Those who study and work on migration in Turkey are kind of split on whether arrivals are rising. One NGO official told me that there has been a sharp increase in arrivals since the summer. Others, though, say that there is no significant rise in the numbers. What they both agree on, though, is that there is an increase in reports of pushbacks taking place in the Turkish-Iranian borders, and some of them are very violent. How is Turkey's response to its migration challenges, Nektaria, affecting the way that migrants are being treated both at the border and within Turkey? Migration is becoming more and more politically sensitive in Turkey. The country is in big financial crisis and the Turks are blaming also migrants for the fact that they don't have jobs or that the state is losing funds in order to accommodate them. Opposition is increasingly criticizing the government for its handling on migration and they're calling migrants Turkey's main national survival problem. There are reports of Turks attacking migrants, calling them cowards and urging them to go back and fight for their countries. There are anti-migrant riots that broke out in August targeting Syrians. And there is also the infamous banana incident when migrants were deported, you know, for posting photos of them eating bananas in a provocative way. So it's a very sensitive issue in any way. And the fact that it's so sensitive in the society makes the government become more and more aggressive. How does all of this reflect on Europe? Do you think that this raises broader questions about Europe's handling of the migration issue, particularly its attempts to outsource management of migrant flows to countries like Turkey that lie outside of the bloc? Indeed, it does raise questions about whether Europe actually decides to turn a blind eye on whatever is happening on the ground, basically only to keep the problem away from its continent. Despite the fact that migration flows have dropped significantly in Europe over the last years, Migration remains the most politically sensitive issue, and this gives Erdogan the ability to use it in any way. That's what all analysts agree on. And Europe is accused of this, of letting Turkey get away with whatever is happening at the borders. They release more funds to Ankara to deal with the issue and washes its hands of it, and they're allowing Erdogan to use this powerful diplomatic tool in his favor. Nektaria, thanks for joining us again. Great speaking with you. Thank you very much. In other news, an Italian museum is lending a fragment of the Parthenon sculptures to Greece in what both sides hope will become a permanent return that might encourage others, the British Museum in particular, to also return the pieces they hold. About half the surviving 5th century BC sculptures that decorated the Parthenon temple on the Acropolis are in the British Museum in London, which has long resisted Greek appeals for their return. The move follows a decision by the National Archaeological Museum, which kicked off the new year by giving 10 fragments from the Parthenon to the Acropolis Museum as a gesture of goodwill. Meanwhile, the Hellenic American Leadership Council has launched an international petition calling on the British Museum to return the Parthenon sculptures. Finally, Cyprus further tightened its pandemic restrictions on Wednesday, reducing the number of people permitted at social gatherings and mandating virus testing for school teachers and all inbound travelers over 12 amid surging COVID-19 infections. Health Minister Michalis Kadzipandelas said that teachers, students, and staff will need to produce a negative rapid test taken within two days prior to their return from Christmas and New Year holidays on January 10th. As of Thursday, all travelers to Cyprus over 12 from anywhere in the world must show a negative PCR test taken two days prior to boarding. 
daily infections have skyrocketed in recent days, and Wednesday saw a new record in cases with 5,457, together with five deaths. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.